This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of FML Talk. All of my beautiful, amazing people. This week, we are going to switch it up a bit and dive back into a solo episode, which we haven't done in a little while. We've been bringing a lot of awesome guests on, and I've been loving it, but I felt the need in my soul to answer some of these questions that I continuously get asked. So this week, we are going to dive in and talk about all things surrounding abandonment, fear of abandonment, how that manifests the way that we sabotage ourselves in relationships because of it, all the things. Sit back and either grab a cocktail or a couple of tissues because we're about to go there. Welcome to FML Talk. Oh my God. Wait, how old was the other girl? 19. Can you believe that shit? Hey, this is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. He did what? 48 hours? What a dick. Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on our Instagram? And this is FML Talk. Oh, no, she didn't. Okay, let's just take a deep fucking breath to start this episode off. <sighs> okay, so most of you that have been following me or listening to the show or have read my book are no longer strangers to my story. You know, I lost my dad when I was a little girl very traumatically. I then had that same loss happen to me with my high school sweetheart when he was killed in a car accident. And this really did instill the fear of abandonment in me at a very young age. I mean, when I was six years old, I created the subconscious belief, when I love someone, they die, which is really fucking heavy, man, to to carry something like that when you're so young. Obviously it's not conscious, it's subconscious for a reason, but it really began to manifest and dictate my life in a lot of different ways. And not that you ever fully heal or get over a death like that in your life, but when I was finally feeling like I was on the other side of it and didn't have as much anger around it and wasn't in constant fear of it. Lo and behold, um, the universe put something back in my life that ripped that wound wide open, and that was losing my high school sweetheart. And that, for me, when I got that call, was one of the most numbing and shocking experiences that I've ever gone through because. My brain could not make sense of the fact that I was about to have to deal with this again. I mean, this was the second man 
that I felt like I really loved that was ripped away from me in a really traumatic and seemingly unfair way. And it had become very apparent that that belief that I had carried since I was a little girl was being reinforced. So it, again, was when I love someone, they die. Moving on from that situation, I, you know, was with the guy that I dated in college for three years and, you know, felt like I had done a lot of healing around it. Um, I learned during that time not to substance soothe and to really take care of my mental health when I was going through any type of grief or trauma. And I had felt like I had come out the other side. But the thing with unhealed trauma, guys, is that it will manifest in your life over and over and over until you truly do the work to heal it. So let me explain. There is a theory that I identify with. Oprah's talked about it. Many, many people have discussed this theory. And that is that you attract and are attracted to romantic partners based upon what you are trying to heal from your past. There's a lot to unpack in that one fucking idea. So let's discuss this for a second. So, for example, my past trauma was fear of abandonment. When I love someone, they die. Um, Obviously, not everyone is just going to up and die on you. So the more day-to-day version of that belief is when I love someone, they leave. So here I am now as an adult feeling like I have seemingly healed from the things that I've gone through. And I'm attracting people, men, into my life that are going to trigger that unhealed trauma. Unbeknownst to me, it was unhealed trauma. But when I look back on it, you know, and reflect on it now, I can see that even when I was dating my college sweetheart or when I met Daniel, my ex-husband, I still wasn't okay being by myself. I still didn't feel safe being alone. I wasn't comfortable being alone. And that was my manifestation of my many, many years of fear of abandonment. So I'm now in my 20s and attracting men that are going to reflect and trigger that trauma in order for me to get a fucking reality check and slapped in the face by the universe to be like, yo, bitch, you need to heal some shit. Unfortunately for me, that lesson came in marrying someone and being betrayed in the ultimate way, being cheated on, being lied to, being disrespected. And it was such a clear message of like, you need to look at your trauma. 
you need to look at what you still are in fear of. Because if I'm walking around with a subconscious fear of abandonment, that's literally what is going to show up in my relationship. And that is exactly what did. Although I was insanely thankful to have dodged a massive bullet um, and was given an out in this unhappy marriage that I had found myself trapped in, I didn't realize at the time that him ripping open that abandonment wound meant that I still had a lot of work to do in that area. So obviously we, uh, we fast forward a few weeks and enter Javier. So we've gone over the love bombing. We've gone over why it all happened. We've gone over the fact that it needed to happen and it was a huge catalyst for me, obviously, that I'm very, very thankful for. But if we're looking at just the black and white facts of what happened, I attracted into my life a man that was going to shine this hugely bright light on me and make me feel like I was the center of his universe, like my dad did, like my high school sweetheart did, like the way I always had yearned for and dreamed to be loved. I attracted that into my life. And then the universe said, okay, maybe this time with someone that you're so invested with and someone that has really changed the way you thought about love and relationships, maybe with this person, if we rip this away from you, Maybe then you will look inward to see that you finally have to go fix the trauma from when you were a six-year-old little girl. And what better way to go realize that you are in fact okay by yourself and you are in fact a badass by yourself and totally capable and safe and thriving by yourself than to be thrust to the other end of the fucking world, 100% alone. I mean, you can't write this shit, you guys. If you look at my story as a textbook example, it quite literally shows you that what was instilled in me subconsciously at six years old then manifested not once in my high school sweetheart, not twice, in my marriage, but three times men came into my life and either by choice, by tragic accident, or by fucking deceit and like dirty, dirty lies ended up abandoning me. It, it's right in front of my face. And until I realized that nothing was going to change until I fixed the root of all of those problems, I knew that none of my relationships moving forward was going to work. So it wasn't until I really sat down and went, okay, what fucking work do I have to do on myself to let go of this belief? It wasn't news to me. I knew that I had a fear of abandonment. I had been told since I was a little girl, you know, that I had a fear of abandonment. My mom's a fucking world healer. 
who heals people all over the world. And like here I was going, okay, I get it. I have a fear of abandonment. What the fuck am I supposed to do about it? And it wasn't until I went and I got into really, really solid therapist's office who was a perfect mix of clinical and spiritual. And I, I talk about her a lot in book two, which you'll you'll read all about eventually. And I I really started to look at where these beliefs came from, how they were manifesting in my life, and what I needed to do and fix within myself to shift them moving forward. So if you're trying to figure out in your life why patterns keep happening, and patterns are the biggest indicator that are like a light bulb to show you, hey, there's something going on here because it's happened more than a few times that you need to look at. And these patterns are indicators that you need to fucking heal some shit. And the best way to always start this process is to look back at your childhood. What was modeled to you by your parents in relationships? What happened in your early childhood, you know, four to seven years old, that really was a staple in your life? that really put some beliefs into your system that you were then going to go carry throughout your life as an adult. Some days I realize I have not eaten an actual meal and then panic at the thought of having to figure out what the hell to cook. When I tell you that Factor Meals has saved me and Tay during the newborn baby phase, I mean that wholeheartedly. They are delicious two-minute meals that involve zero prep, zero cleanup, and are freaking restaurant quality delicious. Sometimes we plate them out and pretend like we cooked it all of ourselves just to make us feel better about life, (laughs) but our stomachs are always thrilled either way because they are so good. Factor meals show up right to your door and they are super flexible with your schedule. You can order as much or as little as you need every week. And there are so many different options to choose from, from breakfast, midday bites, and awesome dinners. It is less expensive than takeout, trust me, and my credit card bill, and dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Go to factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 and use code FMLtalk50 to get 50% off. That's code FMLtalk50 at factormeals.com slash FMLtalk to get 50% off. I've always been kind of skeptical about custom beauty products, but I will say Pros was able to change my mind on that. Pros is custom made to order hair care and skin care that is personalized with a unique blend of ingredients just for you. I finally started self-love care in the form of dyeing my hair again, and their shampoo, anti-brass conditioner, and hair mask have really done wonders for my hair. The quiz you take is specific, so they really get to know what your needs and wants are. They even asked me about the climate where I live and how often I'm in different elements to get me exactly what I needed. Since I've been using Pros, my color is holding better and my hair is all around healthier after the postpartum havoc that was wrecked on it. In a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised controlled clinical study, Pros proved that personalization works better than buying off the shelf. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they are offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash FML talk. 
That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash FML talk for your free consultation and 50% off your one of a kind formulas. Pros.com slash FML talk. If you ask Tay if he could only eat one thing for the rest of his life, the answer would be cereal. Full disclosure, I was first influenced by Miss Morgan Willette to try Magic Spoon Cereal, so when I found out I was going to get to offer you guys a deal on it, I was so excited because it is so freaking good. Magic Spoon has zero sugar, so we can not only have it for breakfast, but late night snacks, and it's perfect for the kiddos to get them a healthy meal without the sugar crash. I love their variety pack. Four flavors are cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. This pack has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and four to five grams of net carbs per serving. Made with wholesome ingredients and no artificial flavors or dyes. Big yay. It is high in protein, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. Tay and my bonus daughter are cereal connoisseurs, and they are in love with Magic Spoon and cannot believe it's packed with as much goodness as it is. Go to grab a variety pack and try it today. I promise you guys will not be disappointed. And be sure to use our promo code at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Try a delicious bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com slash FMLtalk and use the code FMLtalk to save $5. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. And more often than not, things that were lacking in the relationship with your parents that you saw or things that were lacking in your life or traumatic experiences that happened that left you feeling a certain type of way. Those are the things that whoever you attract in your life in a big role, like a significant other or a really, really close friend, those are the things that are going to show up in that relationship. You are going to attract people that mirror your shit until you fucking choose to fix it. So if you are tired of looking at the same goddamn thing in that fucking mirror, stop attracting it and fix your own shit first. One of the most common questions I get asked is, weren't you incredibly guarded after you found out about your husband's affair? Weren't you incredibly guarded after Javier broke your heart? Like, weren't you just fucking guarded? Like, didn't you just build a goddamn castle around your heart and be like, fuck you guys. I am not letting anybody in. Everybody piss off. Um, And my answer always seems to surprise someone. And I know I've talked about it in past episodes before, but no, I wasn't. If there was ever a time that I was going to be guarded, it would have been after I found out my husband was cheating on me and had been sleeping with someone else simultaneously that he was sleeping with me. And if I would have done that and built this massive wall around my heart, I never would have met Javier. I never would have fallen in love, wouldn't have gotten my heart fucking ripped out of my chest, gone on this adventure, wrote the book, been talking to you. You know the story. We wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be who I am and be the woman that I am today. And I'm so fucking thankful for all of it and wouldn't change a thing. And of course, when I came back from Europe, there were different fears that I had to work through. 
I, I mean, you'll read about my shit show of my healing journey in book two, but I went through a lot of ups and downs on trying to fight through wanting to guard myself and not feeling deserving of a healthy love. But when people ask me that question, it comes from a place of fear. It comes from a place of like, oh my God, if I had my heart shit on the way that she did, I would swear off men entirely. <laughs> and um, while sometimes that isn't the worst idea for um, your own personal growth and healing reasons, um, there was something that changed in me when I started to heal my abandonment that helped me get over that fear place. And that is knowing that, yes, when you put yourself out there and you love hard, you always have the chance of getting your fucking heart broken. You always have the chance of walking down the aisle and finding out that your husband slipped and his dick fell into a 19-year-old two years later. You always have the chance that the man that makes you feel like he is the center of your universe and is going to ride off into the sunset with you will in fact put your ass on a plane, send you to Europe, wave goodbye, and totally fucking leave you high and dry. They're all open possibilities. And you know what? As much as I love and trust and believe in my relationship with Tay, I never say that that's not a possibility. There's never a space in my mind that's like, I am always 100% totally safe and fine. Because I never obviously went into my marriage thinking that. I never went into my relationship with Javier thinking that. You never go into any relationship being like, fuck, this dude could blow my shit up. But there was one thing that changed for me. And this is what I want everybody to really, really listen to. When I went on my Europe trip, I had a big fucking aha moment around my long-stemming belief of fear of abandonment. And that was, no matter who abandons me in my life, the biggest fucking thing is that I will never abandon myself. And when I really, really tuned into that and really put that together, I suddenly was not so scared anymore because it didn't matter what guy was going to rip my heart out. It didn't matter what person was going to trigger me and make me feel like my life was exploding in front of my face because I was never going to abandon myself. So when the fear creeps up and people are like, oh my God, how do you do it? Aren't you terrified? Yeah, guys, love is fucking scary. It's, it's putting your heart out there on a platter for someone else to hold in their hands. That's fucking terrifying. But am I afraid? No. Because if nothing else in this life, through everything that I have gone through and learned, no matter what happens in any relationship, I know that I will fucking survive. I know that I am not going to abandon myself. And I know 
that I am going to come out the other end of it so much stronger. And that alone gives me the strength, the peace, and the knowing that everything is always happening for a reason and going to be okay. Because as long as you are not abandoning yourself, you always have someone that's got your fucking back. Okay, so we talked a little bit about how my personal fear of abandonment had manifested in my life. And when I was younger, it was, you know, always wanting to have friends over and have a sleepover and being really, really close to my mom. When I got older, that was, you know, me always having a man in my life, always had a boyfriend, jumping from guy to guy, having roommates, never really truly being okay by myself. And it was in Mykonos that I had a really fucking heavy realization during a trusty old thought onion. And I want to take you back and read an excerpt from that because we're going to dig in to what I think a lot of people do in their relationships in order to keep themselves safe. So if you haven't read the book yet, couple spoiler alerts ahead. Uh, I sleep with more than a few people in Europe um, <laughs> because I know we have some uh, some listeners here that came from podcast land and haven't gotten to the book yet, which is kind of awesome. Um, so spoiler alert, um, we're going to read a, a little excerpt from Mykonos now. The other realization I had while walking around town With both Chris and Marcus, I had told myself I wasn't going to have sex, and then did just that. Again, this theme of just not saying no comes up. Ugh, I put it off in Amsterdam. If I'm gonna tear up, I might as well cut into one more thought onion. Superficial? I've chosen not to say no to sex three times, even though I knew it wasn't what I needed or wanted. Half of me wants to scream, I'm an empowered female and I can sleep with whoever I want to. Men do it all the time. But I know that's a load of shit. Alas, what's the authentic thought? Ever since my dad died, I've been trying to patch the hole in my heart through my relationships with men. Yes, I had used all the men in my life to try and mend the brokenness that was left in my heart when I lost my father. That's why I don't want to be alone. But why did I always look for that connection through sex? What's under it all? What's the subconscious thought? I know that this will keep them, and therefore, I won't be abandoned. Whoa, that's heavy. All my life, I have been using this thing, this power that I have, to keep myself safe from abandonment. It was a tool that I used to get people close to me. Little did I realize that I was giving up a sacred part of myself in order to protect myself. And just like that, I had uncovered a belief that had been running my life since I was a little girl. No wonder I felt like I had been running forever and getting nowhere. Whew! Okay, so to have that realization at the ripe age of 28 was really intense for me because I realized that 
this fear of abandonment in me had become so great and so overpowering that I did anything it took to bring people into my space and make sure they didn't leave. And sex had become this fucking tool that I knew I was really good at and that I knew would bring men to me and keep them there. And even the times where I didn't necessarily want to have sex or wasn't like feeling that desire to, I would still go right ahead and do it because I would feel that connection and I would feel that safety and I would feel that non-abandonment feeling. And to realize that I had been giving up this part of myself in order to protect myself and seeing that fucked up vicious circle that had been continuously happening with me and my life and men that I was choosing to be with was really eye-opening. So I want to pose a question to everyone. It can be if you are in a relationship now or look back at one of your past relationships. I want to know if you are staying in your relationship because you are truly happy and fulfilled and excited and bonded with your partner or are you staying in that relationship because it's safe and because it's comfortable and because you don't want to be alone because those are two vastly different fucking things and a lot of people will say oh well yeah but like I don't want to start over and you know I've talked to women even Jana when she was on the podcast when Jana Kramer came on she was like yeah when I first found out about all the infidelity I was like well fuck you know I mean he's good enough like he's he's hitting enough boxes to like can I get over this and I want you to really take a step back and be tough with yourself and say, is this something that's fully fulfilling me? Is this what I dreamed of in a realistic way? I'm not saying you need to be like fucking riding around in hot air balloons and like galloping down like fairy tale roads. But is this something that really fulfills me in all of the ways that I wanted and dreamed possible? Or am I simply staying in this because I have a fear of being alone. And once you answer that question, and if your jaw is currently dropped open on the floor going, holy fucking shit, Gabrielle, you're speaking to my goddamn soul, you need to really look at that. I am not telling you to go break up with your significant other and like, you know, bone out onto a solo trip, although I can't disadvise the solo trip part. Um, but I am telling you, if that hit you and resonated with you, you need to go inward. You need to look at what trauma isn't healed, what reasons you have for staying, and really get honest with yourself about if you are in a healthy relationship that isn't mirroring back your own shit to you. That being said, if you are in a relationship that is mirroring back your own shit to you, that doesn't mean that can't be worked through. Tay and I mirror back shit to each other all the time and we're just like, oh, fuck. Okay, uh, I got to go work on this. Um, that doesn't mean that like all hope is lost and like you should run for the hills. I'm just saying be honest with yourself and get real with yourself and with your significant other and be like, yo, dude, we really need to sit down and look at the shit that we've taken on from our parents, that we've taken on from our childhood 
and really make sure that we have addressed it. A, so we have a healthy relationship. B, so that we are both healthy and fulfilled as individuals. And C, so we don't pass that shit down to our kids or our like younger people in the family. And so that it really stops with us because that's so fucking important. But when I put up on my Instagram to submit questions for this specific topic, um, my inbox got flooded uh, and I knew that it was a topic that was going to resonate with a lot of you. So I'm going to try and get through as many as we can and pick out the ones that we kind of haven't already touched on. So this first one is how to make a person with abandonment issues see it clearly and how to help them. This is a really tricky question because like with any trauma, you can't just look at someone and be like, hey, here's all your shit. Can you go fix it? Um, it's really difficult to help people see where those wounds come from, especially because they're often so triggering that if they don't want to do the work on themselves, it's it's really difficult. Um, but my best advice for that specific situation is to suggest going to therapy with them and say that, you know, you want to help look at some of your own stuff and see if you can work through some different things together. Having really calm and honest conversations about ways that you identify with abandonment and pointing them out to them in such a way as like, yeah, when I was younger, A, B, and C happened. And it really made me feel this type of way. And this is how it's manifested in my life growing up. And do you have anything that, you know, resonates with you like that? And really trying to just lovingly walk them through it. Um, I know you can't force people into therapy. That has been the biggest help for me in dealing with um, figuring out how to navigate and heal my abandonment. Um, and I got to... Not to like keep tooting my boyfriend's horn, but I've got to hand it to Tay. He um he knows. Oh my god, I'm not gonna get emotional. <laughs> he knows my deepest triggers so well, and loves me so much that he will do anything to fiercely protect those. Um, I know I've brought up the uh the story about you know that you all read in book two where we were having a very difficult conversation when we weren't together um and I had to tell him some very tough things and I've never seen him as mad as he was and he looked at me in the midst of all of that and said I'm insanely upset and so hurt but I need you to know I'm not abandoning you and I'm not leaving um and to have someone make sure my wounds and triggers were taken care of in such a way is so invaluable. So if you're dealing with someone who has a fear of abandonment, make sure you don't ever touch those triggers. That is like the biggest piece of advice I can give is to take care of those triggers. Um, even when we've been in Hawaii, you know, and I've been ripping my soul apart writing this book, there have been really tough days where Tay has, you know, seen how hard it's been on me and where we've had conversations come up and, you know, 
talked about Javier, talked about other people, um, talked about really tough topics that we're going to have to tackle um, when he sits down to inevitably read this book. And every single time he looks at me and he's like, we're going to get through it. We'll go to therapy. I'm here. It's all going to be okay. You're not going to be abandoned. And it's just, I never thought someone in my life other than my mother would be able to respect the type of trauma that I've been through and love me enough to hold my hand as I walk through that. And I'm just really, really grateful. Um, <laughs> I am now crying in a closet while I record this in Hawaii. Okay, here we go. Next question. Okay, this is a good one that I really resonated with. How to overcome abandonment after a breakup with a narcissist? Ah, yes. Good old, good old narcissist. Um, so we've talked about Daniel, obviously, the fact that he was a narcissist, and I had no idea until I got out of the relationship and really started learning about what a narcissist looks like. But for me, I did have to do some work around the abandonment caused by Daniel. I was very thankful to be out of the relationship. I was not in love with him anymore. I, it was just a good situation, but that didn't change the fact that someone that I once shared a life with and had specific feelings for who took vows with me blatantly abandoned me in probably one of the worst ways. So I still had to do some work on that. And when I was in therapy, it we did this session, which is so funny because, of course, this was in one of the chapters I was writing about today. And we did a session where my therapist took me to each step that um, that I had felt abandoned in my life. So obviously we went to my dad. Um, when I was a little girl, we went to my high school sweetheart when that happened. We went to Daniel um, when he cheated. And we went to Javier when I found out I was going on the trip by myself. But when we got to Daniel, it was really interesting because she was like, what, what do you want to say to him? And I had never, we never had that conversation. We never sat down and did the whole like, wow, dude, like, you were my husband and like you did this and like let's talk about our feelings because when he came home I served him divorce papers and still wanted to keep a poker face because I didn't want him to know how much I knew about everything so we never had that conversation um and so I'm sitting in my therapist's office eyes closed um because she does this you know kind of walks you through it all in like this meditative state and it was really interesting what I ended up saying. And that was, I don't hate you. I don't miss you. But I am so fucking disappointed in you as a friend and someone who was supposed to keep me safe because you took my biggest fucking trigger and blatantly used it against me. And to be able to sit there in 
the safety of therapy and have that conversation. It didn't even fucking matter that he wasn't there, that he never heard it, that I didn't get any validation from him. It it only mattered that I had come to that realization and I had spoken the words. Um, so my advice to breaking up with a narcissist and really rebuilding yourself after that is to have those conversations, not with him. Have the conversations with a fucking pen and paper. Have the conversations with your friends. Have the conversations with a therapist. Have the conversations so that you feel completed around it. But if you have the conversations with a fucking narcissist, they will manipulate you until you are the one apologizing. So fuck that shit. The last question I want to get to before we hop in to the FML stories is how do you identify if you have a fear of abandonment? And I thought that was a very valid question because a lot of people, depending on our walks of life or our upbringings, don't talk about trauma and don't talk about, you know, triggers and wounds. And a lot of these concepts are really new to a lot of people. So I thought that was a really great question to quickly dive into. The biggest way you can know if you have a fear of abandonment is, first of all, you look at things that you've gone through in your life. Obviously, my story, we've talked about people literally dying um, and in one way, whether it was their choice or not, abandoning you in the biggest way. Um, we've talked about men actually leaving, um, whether that's by cheating or breaking up with you, blindsiding you, um, any way that you are then left feeling vulnerable and not safe or taken care of um, is a really good example of that. But that's definitely not the only thing that causes fear of abandonment. If your mom or dad left when you were young and walked out on your family, massive fear of abandonment. If your parents got a divorce and you were in limbo and it was a toxic situation and you didn't really ever feel like you had both feet securely on the ground, fear of abandonment. If you lost a best friend in any way or someone that was really a big part of your life, to death or if they moved away suddenly or if something really traumatic happened that's fear of abandonment it doesn't always have to be with a man or with a family member it can be really important people in your life that were suddenly ripped away from you there are so many different ways that we as human beings can pick up different beliefs throughout our lives especially when we're young and so in incredibly impressionable and it's about looking back at our blueprints and our lives and how our paths have been and finding out what beliefs we picked up along the way it's literally like i want you to imagine that you're walking down a road with a little easter basket and along the side of the roads it's like fear of abandonment i'm not worthy fear of commitment everyone i love leaves Nothing I ever do is good enough, okay? All the different beliefs. And along that road, we pick up these different eggs and put them in our goddamn basket. And 
after a while, that shit gets really heavy. So it's about getting to the end of that path and looking in our basket and being like, okay, I don't want half of these fucking eggs that are in here. So what do I have to do to get rid of them? What do I have to heal to throw the shit back? Because I don't want it anymore. And that's really what we're here to do in this life, to adapt different beliefs and then work through them and grow from them and become better because of them. So I can promise you if this is all hitting you smack in the fucking face and you're like, oh shit, I have a lot of stuff to go work on. You are not alone. I have been there. I still go through it. Like it's, it's a never ending journey. It's just about learning how to navigate it and being aware enough to do the work on it. Okay, we are going to hop in to FML stories now. I had two really incredible ones that were submitted around the fear of abandonment. Here we go. Hey, Gabrielle. I've been abandoned twice, both in life-changing ways. The first time was my first husband abandoning me a month after we were married. I was 22, and I should mention that there were things that happened before we got married that made us both question going through with it. He assured me it was what he wanted. A month after we were married, he came home from work and said he wasn't attracted to me anymore, he didn't love me anymore, and he was leaving. He packed a bag and immediately left. I found out later he was cheating and had been since long before we got married. I collapsed on the floor and experienced the most unbearable heartache. I never heard from him until two weeks later. And then there was so much bullshit back and forth for a year that I finally said, fuck this shit. The second and most devastating was when my dad took his own life 11 years ago. I had uh, a baby that was just shy of a year old. He was born from in vitro fertilization and I had the worst postpartum anxiety and now had to navigate my grief while trying to enjoy my miracle baby. The day my dad died changed me forever. Um, Huge mental health advocate. Suicide is a really tricky topic that has so many layers to it and no one's story is the same. At the end of the day, though, it is abandonment. The one man you think will never leave you is your dad and he left my sister and I. It is heartbreaking. I'm here to tell you that you can be joyful again after being abandoned and there are many ways to find happiness while grieving a loss. You can have both emotions at the same time. You have the right to accept the emotion and lay down and cry, but you can't stay down. It's a fight, but it is worth it. You owe it to yourself to take those lemons life handed you and make lemonade. Or we can act like adults and make whiskey sours instead. (laughs) Oh my God, girl. I fucking love that story. And the ending is fucking perfection. Um, There's so much to unpack here. So I know the first abandonment, obviously, all too well. And I can't imagine what that must have felt like having it be so fresh in the marriage um, to have that just to have your husband come home and say those things to you before abandoning you. It's such a betrayal and such a, it really makes you question yourself and your self-worth and what the reason for all of it is. Clearly, looking back on that, it was meant to learn some really big lessons and to save you from a longer stretch of your life being wasted. So I'm so happy that it was only a month and not years of your life that were taken away. And your dad, oh, my heart feels for you. Um, you're right. Suicide is such a tricky topic. Um, we, we touched on it a little bit 
in the grief episode, and I just finished writing the chapter of when I lost my uncle to suicide. And it's a different kind of abandonment, for sure. Because, you know, for me, when my dad passed, it wasn't his choice. He didn't choose to leave. You know, he he passed from a heart attack, and it it just was what it was. But with suicide, when someone chooses to leave, and of course, there's so many different factors of they were suffering and, you know, they they felt like they had no other choice. There's so many different components that go into it. But the people who were left on this plane to deal with that grief, that is one of the worst abandonments you can experience. Um, I I feel lucky in a weird way that my experience with suicide was with my uncle and not a parent or a sibling. Uh, I have a lot of love and sympathy in my heart for the grief that Javier dealt with around his brother. And I would not wish that type of abandonment or pain and grief on anyone. Um, but I so love what you said that you can feel that fickle fucking emotion of grief with other emotions at the same time. You can heal while you're still grieving. You can heal and be joyful while you're still grieving. You can do all the things at once and you're allowed to lay on the floor in a fucking ball and cry as long as you need to cry as long as you get the fuck back up after. And with a whiskey sour. Sounds pretty fucking perfect. Here's the next one. Hi, Gabrielle. My name is Michelle, and here's my FML story. My parents divorced when I was in fourth grade. Not your typical divorce. It was ugly. To this day, I still don't know all the specific details. My dad got custody of us, which was rare for a father to get custody, and of three girls nonetheless. We had visitation with my mother until fifth grade. During these visits, my mother would bring the police to our house to ensure that we got in the car with her. It was a disaster. Then things got really bad. And two days before Christmas, my mother sent us a certified letter that we had to sign for, saying she was moving out of state and never wants to see us again. Two days before Christmas. Here I am, 10 years old, and my mother never wants to see me again. My dad, of course, got full custody of us. It was one of the first times the judge had ever seen where mother completely signed over her rights and left her children, all to avoid paying child support. Then when I was 15, tragedy struck and my dad passed away suddenly of hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. I was a daddy's little girl. Losing him was, and still is, the hardest thing I have ever experienced. I lived with my grandparents after he passed. I was super close with my sisters. They were my best friends. They were my rock. They were my support system. So here I am in my sophomore year of high school. I do not have a mother, and my dad is gone. And my middle sister leaves for college, and my oldest sister starts doing travel nursing. I'm 16 and I feel more alone than ever. Why is everyone leaving me? Fast forward a few years and I'm now 18. I meet my now ex-husband. We were together for 15 years and married for six. But once again, whenever I get close to someone, they leave. My husband was cheating on me multiple times and worst of all, while I was pregnant. I filed for divorce and got custody of my kids. Now here I am, 35 years old, with serious abandonment issues because everyone I have ever gotten close to has left me. 
But through the help of counseling, I'm working on overcoming it and learning that just because I get close to someone doesn't mean they're going to leave me. Trust me, it's a work in progress, but I'm getting there and I will overcome this. Oh my God, girl. I Sometimes I hear other people's stories and it really shocks you back into perspective on your own life. Um, I am so close with my mother. I can't imagine what it would be like as a little girl growing up feeling like you weren't wanted by your mom. Um, and then to feel the safety and security with your dad and losing him. Um, I, I can't imagine. This story is such a perfect example of what has happened to us when we were younger and our trauma that we don't have healed yet when we get into adulthood starts to manifest in our relationships. So she was quite literally abandoned by her mother and then with the death of her father felt that abandonment again and then her sisters leave and it's everyone I love leaves me and then she attracts a man into her life who is going to mirror back to her that if you love me, I will fuck you over and leave. Oh, God, girl, I know it so well. I have lived it, and I am so proud to hear that you are in counseling and that you are fucking fighting the good fight and getting through it because once you start to shift and make those changes, magical stuff is going to start happening in your life and start coming your way, and I cannot wait to hear about it. Hey, Gabrielle, it's Molly. Okay, so abandonment. I was a child of two alcoholics, and I will say that most people don't, they ignore the fact that alcoholism really kind of abandons a child because when you're an alcoholic, you don't really know how to take care of a child that well. And just because your parents are there does not mean that you don't feel emotionally and mentally abandoned. So there's that. Um, I had to learn that the hard way by attracting a boyfriend in my 20s who was uh, a raging drug addict and died of an overdose. And so I felt abandoned by him because he died. And so it really had me dig down deep and understand why I attracted this and why I was so felt so abandoned, why it felt so much deeper and so much harder than anything else I had ever been through. And I'd been through a lot of stuff. And as I healed those things, I decided to start a business to help other people with this and ended up finding out that I was more in an area to help people with money just because I knew that area helps people make hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions even, and heal their relationships with themselves, their um, husbands, mothers, fathers, and it's been a hell of a ride. So to anyone who's listening, you might have been emotionally and mentally abandoned even if your parents are physically there. So pay attention to that and get to know that part of yourself. Wow. Okay. So I'm so glad that you brought this type of abandonment up. So this goes back to the the question that one of our listeners asked about how do you know that you have a fear of abandonment and what does that look like when you're young? And this is a perfect example of a different way that wasn't mentioned earlier. So when you grow up with alcoholic parents that aren't emotionally there to support you and help you grow and foster you as a child in those like super important developmental years, that's abandonment. And that instilled that in her as a little girl. And it was so spot on with everything we've been talking about that 
she then attracted a raging drug addict into her life to mirror back to her literally what she was experiencing as a child who then abandoned her. And hearing this story and how you have taken all of that and turned it around and started an incredible business helping people get back in touch with themselves and like grow their lives in the biggest of ways, it just really can show you what happens when you figure out what the trauma is, look at it, and decide that you're gonna fucking heal it. Rock on, girl. Whoo. Okay. FMLers. Heavy fucking episode, no? But I mean, I feel like we've really got a lot of invaluably good shit out of today. So I hope you guys resonated with parts of this and can take it forward and really start to utilize it in your own lives. And next week, we have an awesome fucking powerhouse of a woman coming on FML Talk. Her name is Megan Murphy, and she wrote a book that was just recently released. You might have seen me posting about it on my stories called Your Fully Charged Life. When I was first connected to Megan, I didn't know who she was, and I had to kind of like do some digging and get a backstory to see if I wanted to have her on the show. Y'all, this woman's story is so fucking powerful. I cannot wait for you guys to hear this episode. It's, it's filled with some really, really great stuff. As always, make sure you guys are subscribed so you never miss an episode. Keep up with us on Instagram at FML Talk Podcast so you can hang out with us and catch all the behind the scenes goodies. If you are posting pictures in your merch, hashtag FML Talk Boss Babes so we can share it on the story and maybe even choose it for a feed post. Keep your FML stories coming. We are loving the submissions we are getting. Make sure you are submitting via audio. And if you are one of our newer listeners that has not yet read the book, you can get it at eatprayfml.com. And on behalf of me and all of the FMLers here, welcome to the fucking party. Until next week, guys, let's heal some shit. Cheers. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.